0: Broadband communism. Would you nationalise sausages? I and our party. No, just say sorry. Come on, let me say. Can I say something? Well, our party. I want you to and say my sorry. was acting like saying it sarcastically? Okay, sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn? Is that really
0: the best this country has to offer? We try not to eat a lot in one day.
1: It is six minutes past five in the morning. This election of 2019 has been won by the Conservative.
0: mandatory redistribution pie review of the 2019 general election. Does it still hold up in 2022? It's your boy Jack Lewis Evans here to find out. Hi guys, it's your boy
1: Sean Morley here. Let's just jump straight in with this review after I mention our sponsor, Raid Shadow Legends. Sponsored by Raycon. Also sponsored by Skillshare. Sponsored
0: by ExpressVPN.
1: Sponsored by NordVPN.
0: What are you using a VPN for? Why do you need one? That's pretty weird man. I don't know, but I'll never find out because you can use our sponsor Raid Shadow Legends VPN
1: We're not actually sponsored by anyone because we explicitly advocate the abolition of the coin and those who love them The closest we get is an infrequent ebook from Verso However, if you want to get an infrequent but regular update from us you can become our new sponsor by signing up at Patreon on patreon.com slash mandatory redistribution party
0: to get bonus mini episodes and additional snippets And if you want an extra flesh episode, you can come see us at The World Transformed after Corbyn survived the coup in September 2016. The energy of the grassroots activists who mobilised to get him re-elected manifested in a new festival called The World Transformed. Parallels to the Labour Party conference, but much less like a business conference from the early 1990s and much more actually good. We look forward to seeing you there in Liverpool on the 24th of September.
1: And now we're doing a new review. That's right, we've done the Ghost Chilli Pepper review, yeah. we've done the bullet at Binding Us In The Neck review, yeah. and now it's time for the biggest challenge yet, thinking about the 2019 general election.
0: Sean, don't even say it.
1: What, the 2019 general election? Shh! They could be tracking us. Who could be tracking us? Yeah, exactly. Sorry,
0: someone's tracking us saying the 2019 general election. Well, they're not tracking me because I'm using Grammarly VPN. It keeps me safe online and my grammar not too bad. It could be more good than this. They
1: definitely won't be tracking me. My VPN is pointed at the Marianas Trench. That's why I keep breaking up all the... V- Sean? T- so- sorry. It's the trench. There's a, there's a squid. Sean? There's- the giant squid is here. What?
0: Oh no, no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no. Help! Sean! Oh, at least he's safe with Change UK, the virtual private network for Change UK. You know how the rich live longer? mm hmm yeah.
1: That means they get more votes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right, they get to do a bit more democracy. Yeah. If you live twice as long, you get to do twice as many votes. (laughs) And I feel like you're so startled by the idea of the poor dying. You're like, yeah, and when you're dead... They don't even let you in the polling station. Because these days, (laughs) it's normally a restaurant or something, right? There aren't any dedicated places. You can't come in here. We're mostly a pizzeria. Mm. We need electoral reform in lots of ways. But one quite easy one I think is going to make life a lot easier for everyone and solves this problem. Yeah. You know one person, one vote? Yes. Even more so. One person, one vote. You voted once, that's it. You're done. You're out.
0: You get to participate in democracy once.
1: Yes, so make it count.
0: So you... (laughs) Yeah, so you, you don't have to use it when you're, like, 18. You can store it up.
1: And also, while you still have a vote to cast, yeah. you're permanently a little bit more powerful, right? Because, you know, if anyone bothers you, yeah. Yeah. you know, huh, I could vote against that. I could vote against someone who doesn't like that. If you voted, if you spent it, you spent your charge, Yeah, that's it. What can you do?
0: Imagine dying without using your vote. Mm, it happen all the time, surely. Mm. We're a nation of hoarders. But, yeah, exactly, because you would think... Is this, the t- is this the one? And then if your confidence mm. is going to go, you know, you look at the polls and like, I think this is going to go the way I want it to.
1: Well, everyone in safe seats is going to die with their vote because I've never <laughs> cast a vote in my life that I felt had an influence. <laughs> so I just sit
0: on it and sit on it. Yeah, so I, I forgot we were keeping the legacy electoral system alongside this new one.
1: It would be awkward for the people <laughs> who, like, how does it happen? Does it come out and it's like... Even if you've already voted several times, mm. you now have one. Everyone just has one vote, starting now. So obviously uh, yeah. everyone in the 80s and 90s is going to be like, I've just better vote just in case, you know, I'm getting on. Yeah. But after that, you'll probably get a lot of young people, vote, get it done with, I voted now. I voted wrong and young, and <laughs> now it's done.
0: Yeah, you know, there's people who voted Lib Dem in 2010, the mm. the, the clagheads. That would have been me. Yeah, yeah. Imagine remembered you remembered people's, people's first names
1: that. in the debates. <laughs> <laughs> He got
0: me. Uh, that video of him got broken promises. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> nice if that was your one vote. God, you'd be good, yeah. wouldn't you?
1: You'd be so good. You'd, you'd watch him every time you see him on the news, just walking behind Zuckerberg, <laughs> holding a big dossier of Cambridge Analytica, like everyone's blood types who live in the northern hemisphere. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> I am fra- I am fractionally responsible for that. Yeah. If you really believe that there was a big crisis like climate change, yeah. you'd come out to vote pretty quick. Whereas if you didn't believe in it, you'd continue hoarding. So it would bring up kind of a certain crisis responsiveness to democracy.
0: Right? Yeah. 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 I, but, but then you might think, or. Oh, save this vote for when the crisis is even worse <laughs>
1: yeah you'd need, i guess what you'd need to do is you'd find hashtags of being like everyone vote against climate change in this no, one. this yeah, in is this the this anti-climate one, yeah. change one yeah. and then after that like that vote would just become the referendum on climate change <laughs> Fuck. and after that it's like you lost uh,
0: my big my big electoral reform idea yeah one pound one vote
1: could you pay two pounds for two votes you
0: can pay a billion pound a billion votes right and so yeah. basically if you think about it the market rewards mm. the hard working yeah. and the smart and the risk takers yeah that's good and then it punishes the lazy and the thick so yeah. the richer you are the better you are like it's not just how rich you are it's like you're providing jobs for people you're providing yeah. a, a role model for children yeah, that's good yeah we let money decide how we get food how we get somewhere to live who controls where we work It is mad we don't let the market decide. It's mad that we decide
1: literally how much medicine people are allowed to have. (laughs) Yeah,
0: right? Well, so we've decided, oh, the market is the best thing for deciding Mm. everything about everything. But then the one thing that's like, well, we really should think about what's deciding this. And we have this amazing tool that just organically does it. And it's responsive as well. You're like, oh, how regularly should we have elections? Let the market decide.
1: Yeah, let the market decide on that.
0: Let the market decide
1: you know, and if you're worried about voter turnout, don't worry. Once getting people to vote is a profitable enterprise, people are going to find ways no. of making voting no, I... more fun. They're going to make them like loot crates. They're going to make them yeah. like gacha games. <laughs> you know, you get a little hologram of one of the shadow cabinet or something like that, or, you know, one in every 10,000 votes is like a mega vote and you get to just manually appoint your mate into the civil service.
0: I think, well, don't even need, you don't even need that. I think maybe the richest person is in charge because they oh, know yeah. best anyway.
1: And that's so much more that's the efficiency of the market, right? We don't need yes. to be putting these little bits of paper exactly. anymore. You just go into the spreadsheet or the bank tape, account and do sort by money.
0: It, done. Yeah. Sort by assets.
1: Critics of representative democracy mm. are saying, Well, who are you know, these representatives can't possibly talk to all their constituents and know what they all want. Mm. You know, they're often doing their own thing. They can go rogue. Yeah. You know, and, and the the argument against a referenda on every policy is it would take ages. It requires too much of people. No,
0: it doesn't. The market will sort it out. There's a referendum every time you buy, you, oh, am I going to have a Snickers and we're going to have a Kinder Bueno. Boom. Every time you're doing that, the yeah. system, the Tesco is going, more people have bought Kinder Buenos. We need that to get more referendum. of them in next month. Yeah. And it's instantly reacting. The yeah. market is democracy, Sean. So I don't know why yeah. we're adding these extra steps. And everyone equally has the opportunity to get more pounds.
1: You just find them sometimes. Usually, you, the you just, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah,
0: it'll work. <laughs>
1: yeah, you might get even more for that.
0: Sure. There might be some people, you know, like, they start off with billions of pounds. Mm. And you might say, well, why, you know, why should that person have more control over things than this person who starts with no pounds? But that sounds mad. Can you hear yourself? Mm. That sounds mad. Okay, are they going to be genetically superior?
1: No, but they're going to have access to all the gene (laughs) improvements, all the brain medicines to make them superhuman when they're like two. (laughs) So it's quicker and easier to put that person in charge rather than train someone who lives in a swamp of how to manage a global corporation. You can't put Shrek in charge of Amstrad.
0: (laughs) Yes, you can. And you should. <laughs> 18th of February, seven Labour MPs resigned to form Change UK, the Independent Group. On the day David's launch, an ex-Labour MP goes on live TV to promote the party.
1: It's not just about color. I mean, you know being black or a funny you know different
0: the Jewish community. Equally, the Jewish community equally you've uh, apologised for misspeaking after you appeared to refer to people from black, Asian and minority ethnic backgrounds as having a funny tinge. No, and I I obviously, look, I I never meant to say that. 29th of March, Frankie Boyle's New World Order Season 3 begins. I mean, if you hate Muslims and Jews, you've pretty much got no one to vote for. (laughs)
1: 1st of April, the BBC broadcasts The Brexit Storm, a documentary made by its political editor, Laura Kunzberg.
0: I think you have to understand about Boris Johnson is he really wants to be loved. And actually underneath it, oh, he's quite shy. But we all know someone like that, right? We all know someone who plays the clown. 23rd of May, the European elections. The reactionary press are outraged as an army veteran who once shot an unarmed civilian in Northern Ireland has blatantly poured milkshake over himself but claims someone else did it because he was wearing a Brexit rosette.
1: July the 10th, a BBC Panorama documentary on Labour anti-Semitism is nominated for a BAFTA. After the election, it is revealed the documentary omitted key details from leaked emails and concerns were raised about its choice of guests. For example... Ken Livingston was given um, a two-year suspension by the NCC. Did you think that was a fitting penalty for, for what he'd said? Not at all.
0: What, what, what the NCC did was essentially saying, yes, we acknowledge that what you've said is anti-Semitic. We just don't care that much. You can be back in within two years. That's an outrage. That's, that's not zero tolerance. It's not even close to zero tolerance.
1: This is the person who led the team in the disciplinary committee that failed to act on complaints made about Livingstone during this period, despite concerns raised by the leader's office
0: and the Jewish labor movement about their inaction. 27th of August, Keir Starmer, shadow Brexit secretary, declares that labor is the party of remain. 28th of August, Boris Johnson illegally suspends Parliament to force through his Brexit deal. 5th of September, Boris Johnson uses a dozen uniformed police officers as a backdrop for a speech about Brexit by telling them it's an announcement about police recruitment. The speech starts an hour late and goes on so long, one of the officers faints. You're right. Oh, that's right. I'm so sorry.
1: 18th of September. The BBC's political editor Laura Kunzberg doxes a member of the public who criticised Boris Johnson
0: during a hospital visit, using the words, this is him, here. 7th of November. Russell Howard does comedy about the election. Boris Johnson or Jeremy Corbyn? Is that really the best this country has to offer? A sweaty Malfoy or a dying Dobby? How (laughs) is this?
1: 7th of November, former Labour MP Ian Austin tells Labour voters to vote for Boris Johnson. So it's really come to something when I tell decent, traditional, patriotic Labour voters that they should be voting for Boris Johnson at this election. I can't believe he's come to this. He will later be awarded a life
0: peerage by the Conservative Party. The 11th of November, Nigel Farage makes an electoral pact between his Brexit party and Johnson's Conservatives.
1: The only way to solve this is to build a Leave alliance across this country. If it was done, Boris Johnson would win a very big majority.
0: 15th of November, Labour rolls out its new universal high-speed internet policy on the BBC. Um, It's been described, your plan, by one of the architects of BT as broadband communism. What do you say to him? Broadband communism. No, this like is it? essential.
1: 19th of November, the Conservative Party changes their social media to a fake fact-checking service. Uh,
0: the Conservative Party's decision to change its online Twitter feed to, uh, to fact-checking UK. Um, does that undermine trust in the Conservative Party? Rowena, I'm afraid that the uh, the, the Twitter sphere is not really my uh, my province. Uh, but I what, I what I can say is that um, I'm, I'm informed that. Um. 21st of November, a furious man on Question Time shouts, claiming not to be rich for earning over £80,000 a year.
1: I'd like to call out Labour as liars. I am one of them people that he will tax more. And I am nowhere near in the top 5%. So I'm calling you a liar right now. That
0: 5% is a lie. You're saying that would affect you because you earn over that sum? Yes. So you earn over £8,000? Yes, and I'm not in the top 5%. It, that, I think that is the 20%, no,
1: isn't it? I'm not. 25th of November. The BBC apologises for editing out the audience laughing at Boris Johnson on question time, turning this. I'd just like to ask you, how important is it for someone in your
0: position of power to always tell the truth? I think it's I think it's absolutely vital. Into this. To always tell the truth. I think it's absolutely vital, and I think that the issue of trust in politics is central to this election. 25th of November. The first reports emerge of assaults on Labour Party members, including two people in their 70s hospitalised while canvassing.
1: 26th of November. On the day of the voter registration deadline, BBC Stories post images saying politics is meh, there's been a lot of blah, and inviting people to tell them what's
0: more important to them than politics. 26th of November. Jeremy Corbyn is interviewed by Andrew Neil, an interview granted on the basis that the BBC said Johnson was going to do one, which he didn't. Wouldn't you like to take this opportunity to apologise to the British Jewish community for what's happened. What I'll say is this, I am determined that our society will be safe for people of all faiths or in any other other form of
1: life. Try one more time. No, No, hang on a minute, Andrew, anti-semitism or any other other form of racism. 28th of November, Channel 4 replaced Boris Johnson with an ice sculpture as he fails to attend the climate debate. We kept the invitations open to the leaders of the Conservative Party and the Exit Party, they have not taken up their places yet. Instead, a reminder, the ice caps are melting. Outside the studio, Michael Gove and Stanley Johnson bring their own film crew to film themselves being turned away. No, well, well, I, I went along tonight. I wanted to take part in the debate on the climate emergency. It's one of the biggest issues facing the country. I talked to the editor of Channel 4 News and he said no.
0: 28th of November, Labour announced a huge rewilding project. National headlines run with Corbyn wants to plant two billion trees. Is this even possible?
1: 29th of November, the last leg
0: cover the leadership debates. <laughs> look, the big thing that came out of the interview was that he didn't say sorry to Jewish people. Um, and four, four times he was asked to after being accused of anti-Semitism by the UK's chief rabbi. The way he was acting it, like saying it sarcastically, OK, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or muttering it under his breath. And look, what would be the right answer in that situation? Well, according to Labour MP Jess Phillips... November, Matt Hancock is heckled at his local hustings. And I'll end on this one. There is one thing that I am more passionate about ridding from our politics than anything else. Honestly. And that is the anti-Semitic... 2nd
1: <laughs> oh of December, Channel 4's Dispatches releases a documentary on child poverty. We try not to eat a lot in one day. Even though... Um, most of us are really hungry we have to be careful with our food. On Twitter, someone replies with I feel sorry for them, but they have toys, nice bedding. I grew up in the 70s under labour, egg and chips for months, no fruits or biscuits.
0: 3rd of December, Jeremy Corbyn appears on Good Morning, 130 cases of anti-Semitism were outstanding against Labour members. So here is your opportunity now to apologise to the Jewish community for any anti-Semitism by... I and our... Just say sorry. Wait wait a minute, I and our party... No, just say sorry. Come on, let me say. Can I say something? Well... Our party... I want you to say sorry.
1: 5th of December, Boris Johnson appears on Good Morning. Just before the break, we were speaking with Prime Minister Boris Johnson and just as we came up off air, he whipped his phone out
0: and took a selfie. <laughs> he wanted a selfie, but he didn't know he had to press the button. It was one of the funniest things. 8th of December, The Guardian publishes tactical voting advice that in many instances recommend voting Lib Dem in Labour Conservative marginals. 9th of December, Angela Rayner appears on Question Time. Problem, climate change is a problem, despite what Nigel thinks. what these authors- nationalised sausages? No. 9th of December. Boris Johnson takes a journalist's phone from them and puts it in his pocket after he's shown a child sleeping on a hospital floor due to lack of beds. You refuse to look at the
1: photo. You've taken my phone put it in your pocket, Prime Minister. I'm sorry to have taken your phone. There you, there you go, sorry. Thank you, Prime Minister. 9th of December. Laura Kunzberg repeats claims from the Conservative Party that Labour activists have punched a party staffer. Kunzberg and the Conservative Party are forced to retract their claim
0: when footage shows an aide walking into a protester's arm. 10th of December, Boris Johnson drives a JCB that says "Get Brexit Done" through a wall that says "Gridlock." You
1: got it. Get Brexit done. 11th of December, Laura breaches election rules on live TV by broadcasting knowledge of votes before voting has finished.
0: And on both sides, people are telling me that the
1: postal votes that are in are looking pretty grim for Labour in a lot of parts of the country.
0: 11th of December, Boris Johnson hides in a fridge.
1: Good morning, Prime Minister. Will you come on? Uh, good morning, Britain, Prime Minister.
0: Right, he's been taken inside, yeah. into the freezer. He's gone into the Excuse fridge. Me. 11th of December,
1: Labour MP Rosie Duffield goes on television to talk down the Labour Party.
0: Disgraceful campaign this has been on all sides, to be honest. It is a kind of a race to the bottom, and I don't think any of us have covered ourselves in huge amounts of glory. 12th of December, the police restrain someone dressed as Elmo from approaching Jeremy Corbyn at a polling station. The 12th of December, Labour
1: dramatically
0: lose the election.
1: Our exit poll is suggesting that there will be a Conservative majority. The Conservatives on 368 seats and Labour way down on 191. Now on those figures, we are looking at a Conservative majority of 86. It is six minutes past five in the morning. This election of 2019 has been won by the Conservatives.
0: 12th of December. Labour MP Jess Phillips laughs about the election result. How are
1: you feeling as these results unfold? Yeah. <laughs> can you hear me, Jess, Phillips? It's Krishnan, Yuri here.
0: I can hear you, sorry.
1: 13th of December, comedian John Richardson goes on Have I Got News For You to blame Jeremy Corbyn and his supporters for what the Conservative Party are now about to do. I hope that it's OK now to criticise Jeremy Corbyn. It would seem like a good time now to say Can we lay some of the blame at the door of a man who is in charge of protecting the most vulnerable people in the country and has left them absolutely firmly in the ship for five years?
0: Do you feel like you've truly recovered from the 2019 general election. No.
1: And the more time that passes, the more I think maybe it's just not going to happen.
0: You know, bad things happen in your life and they, like, send you under, but they often happen as, like, individual experiences to you.
1: Yeah, and because they've happened to you and you can feel the effect happening to mostly just you, Mm. you kind of recognise it as, like, oh, I probably need to think about this and recognise that it's done a thing to me. You know, you get sad and you think, I'll probably need to have a cry about this at some point and then I'll feel better. (laughs) But then... If something affects everyone at once... Like millions of people. <laughs> like literally everyone you know. <laughs> yeah. It's very hard to feel the same way. It's like if there's a tornado coming, you can't be like, oh, I should have a cry and process this. Mm. You kind of feel you need to like do something and you're looking around being like, what do I even know about tornadoes? What do I know about architecture? Am I safe in this cellar? <laughs> That's how I feel.
0: There was like a choice. It's like, okay, there's a tornado coming or this very nice time the threat and menace of something horrific and the desperation that brought about as well as the potential not for some utopia but for things in our adult lives to get better (laughs) yeah
1: and a lot of us would have just accepted not a tornado yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. and (laughs) and this
1: is a real bonus (laughs) so it was a
0: real bonus like oh my god better or tornado and you know you really tried to make the better thing happen everyone's like no no tornado we want tornado actually that thing you're saying is the nice time that would be bad we want tornado yeah and then we got tornado and we're still in tornado whilst regularly still being told do you remember that nice time that you wanted that yeah. was bad, and actually caused the tornado.
1: People don't really want to talk about. It. They're like, well, the tornado's here now, so what's the point of these hypotheticals? Yeah. And every now and again, some of the people that were like, let's just hear what the tornado has to say, <laughs> it kind of comes out like, oh, the tornado's your like uncle. Yeah. You never think to say you're actually the tornado's your uncle, or like the tornado's your neighbour. It's like you it's just not relevant. Tornado. I'm just a purely objective guy. <laughs> I think everyone's got this line, and I don't have a good name for it, and beyond that line are people that are like, just seem evil, and they just seem evil, and they've got like a whole other compass for how they behave. You don't like despise them on a personal level. You, you just think they're like environmental
0: dangers. Like a like, Tolkien orc.
1: Y- yes, yeah, like just some kind yeah. of um, thing that's in the environment, and it will try and get you. But that's also true of maybe like a bear or a wolf. a wolf has not betrayed you, it is hungry, yeah, and I just think it's just in your nature to be to be to do things that seem evil and destroy <laughs> things and consume things hmm. you're part of the environment and then there's people that on the other side of the line, just on the very edge of it doing things which are evil and bad, but not as bad, and they seem closer to me slightly in terms of their values and judgment, and I hate those people more i I, I yeah. reserve a certain kind of like genuine personal dislike. Not for the like the Tories. I want them gone in the same way I want wasps gone. Yes. yes. I don't think they can be reformed. They're just a thing that exists. I don't want Toryism to exist. It just has to go. And somewhere closer to my own values are the people I really, really hate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I I mean the person for me that I like really fucking hate and seems to have just come out of this unscathed is uh ian mcnichol okay go cool. on uh, you know i'm talking about right i remember the name you're gonna give me a full lowdown. well i don't have like some document to read sure. jack- you're going to me a brief McNichol. description from your yeah, yeah. current <laughs> memories so ian mcnichol was the general secretary for a, the early years of corbyn's labor i mean it took it was like 2017 when uh the left started actually taking control of the party machine outside of Corbyn itself. Because that's the whole thing with the Corbyn thing. It was like the wrong order, right? So instead of like building up political education, building up the trade unions, you know, slowly taking control of the institutions, of the Labour Party, and then taking control of the leadership, it was like the opposite way. (laughs) You know, kind of out of nowhere, Corbyn is the leader of the Labour Party in 2015, but the institution of the Labour Party is still fucked. You know, it's the Blairite machine. It's like a Blairite sandwich, right? Because you've got the grassroots labour
1: movement. Then you've got these people rocketed to the very top. But the actual meat, the actual
0: substance of the sandwich. It would be a very unbalanced sandwich where the lower piece of bread is like 100 foot wide. (laughs) And then like one piece of, you know, flake of tuna, which is... Yeah, a wafer. Yeah, the parliamentary Labour Party and the Labour Party bureaucracy. And then Corbyn at the top. You know, PLP is another thing. It's like, that was the problem from the start. It's like the majority of the PLP loathed the Corbyn project and its supporters. Mm -hmm. And then the hundreds of thousands of new members of the Labour Party that flooded to support Corbyn. uh, You know, this like, we forget how much of a cloud there was. It felt like the austerity thing would never be challenged. When that was, people were like, what? And it just like every success of Corbyn early on in 2015 felt like, obviously I was supporting it, but each one felt like a surprise. Mm. You're like, oh, oh, as if we've done this, oh, keep going, keep going. But again, it was like in the wrong order. because So then Corbyn's in charge of this machine. The, the filling of the sandwich hates the bread, right? It wants yes. to be free of the bread. The
1: filling is rejecting the bread.
0: So <laughs> Ian McNichol is the guy who was the general secretary. So he's like, one of the most powerful unelected bureaucrats in the Labour Party. So he's the guy who was like kicking people out of the party for liking the Foo Fighters. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jeme- yeah, it's weird, that. isn't it? How the machine, the party machine for expulsions, was mysteriously very effective at getting rid of leftists for arbitrary reasons.
1: Mm, mm. Worked very quickly uh, yes. on a huge scale. I, yeah, yeah, very strange.
0: He also was the one who tried when they did the coup. So the, the PLP tried to coup Corbyn in 2016 which actually consolidated his position. That was a strategic mistake from the centrist strategy brains. He was the guy who made sure the 130,000 or so additional people who joined the party since the coup to protect Corbyn would not be allowed to vote. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Just changed that rule just to help the coup along, yeah. He was in charge of the compliance system and for either incompetence or, dare I suggest, intent, basically was like letting all this anti-Semitism shit build up corbyn had the Chakrabarti report done and it was supposed to be implemented mcnichol just sat on it for like a year and a half Mm. you know he's in the house of lords that
1: doesn't surprise me
0: not only did he have no consequences whilst being like an a an absolute menace to the corbyn project and the party and b this just wall of inaction on anti-semitism remember the whole thing was like corbyn's not doing enough about anti-semitism oh, but the party bureaucracy needs to have a separate process from the leadership. Mm -hmm. But the problem was that Corbyn was going, we'll sort this fucking anti-Semitism shit out. Meanwhile, Ian McNichol and co. were just like, no, whilst going to the media saying nothing's being done about it. One of the most evil fucks, one of the things that happened in the 2019 election was that uh, a load of Labour people took out like a full page ad in The Guardian saying about the great shame of this, this horror. Yeah, but you are one of the people responsible for this. You absolute piece of shit. So Ian McNichol, he's one of the worst fuckers. And he but he seems to have been unscathed. Slightly more scathed, but not scathed enough is Tom Watson. Because mm. again, well, like in 2015, he was you know, he got his mandate off the back of saying, you know, he would support whoever wins. Especially with his like anti Murdoch stuff. He was like, people were like, oh we can maybe trust this guy to be deputy leader. No, constant backstabbing. So Tom Watson was mates with McNichol and his lot while they were just not even checking the inbox with anti-Semitism complaints in it. The liberal hacks who helped his wrecking operation were very sympathetic to him when he said that, um, leaving he was leaving politics because of how brutal and negative the culture had got. Uh, yeah, uh, how could that have happened, Tom Watson, mate? Was it not brutal when you took like half a million pounds off Max Mosley in 2017 or when you were saying it was funny to compare Corbyn's staffers to a dog? Was it brutal when you were briefing against Jenny Formby? You actually sorted out your mate McNichol's mess. While she was undergoing chemotherapy, or to, to, to try and stress her out to try and get her to quit, or, or when like the Guardian sacked Dawn Foster while she was in hospital because she wrote an article deemed a bit too critical of you, Tom. Was there no negativity in politics when you hijacked anti-Semitism and the Brexit issues? Clearly not out of any actual fucking principle or strategic grounds, but because you realised they were the best tools you found to undermine the socialist project in the Labour Party. Absolute piece of shit. I hope you're happy on your fucking paddy power money or whichever gambling company you're now working for. Like obviously, Watson and McNichol are just two of the worst shits in a fucking giant pile of shit. And isn't it funny that the two big levers used to undermine the Corbyn movement, especially from 2017 to 2019, which is the institutional anti-Semitism crisis in the Labour Party and the push for Remain, no matter what, mm-hmm. have just vanished. You know, I sometimes see people like liberals tweet about Starmer solving the anti-Semitism crisis when what actually happened is very, very little because once Ian McNichol was removed and the Shakrabati report was implemented, then anti-Semitism expulsions massively increased and the system was working mm-hmm. way better under Jenny Formby. So that was already done before Starmer came in. What actually happened wasn't that Starmer fixed anything. It was that it was no longer... Necessary to use that tool to undermine the threat of a socialist anti imperialist government. They've just spent years using the issue of anti semitism, which is fucking deeply ingrained in British culture, with the side effect that they never fucking cared about of scaring the shit out of Britain's Jewish community. I mean, they've stuck a statue of Nancy Astor up. Nancy Astor's problem with Hitler was that he wasn't doing enough to give a rough time to the killers of Christ, actual quote. So what they're saying is they're not saying it's solved, they're saying the media's not talking about it anymore. Yeah. which they're attributing to Starmer, mad. And then the other thing is like the Remain thing, the majority of Labour Party members are pro-Remain, but the majority of Labour Party constituencies voted leave, which mm. was like the problem from 2016 onwards. In 2017, party just said, "We'll fuck May over because May wants this to be a Brexit election. We won't let her do that. We'll say, yes, we'll just honour the referendum mm-hmm. and, then, and not insult people. Politics since Thatcher has been just like hollowed out completely fucking hollowed out and people like barely believe the state is capable of anything and they don't feel mm-hmm. like they have any political agency in their lives, the referendum comes along and you have a chance to be heard on one specific thing. And yes, the, the fucking Leave vote was monopolized by the horrible reactionary forces and it was corrupt as fuck. It just became, th- those two things became like, ah, these are the wedge issues we can use to undermine Corbyn. Mm-hmm. It's because anti-Semitism is horrible and full solidarity with any Jewish people against anti-Semites. Secondly, because maybe leaving the EU wasn't necessarily the best idea, right? So mm-hmm. Remain and the anti-Semitism crisis were used as tools to undermine the threat of a socialist anti-imperialist government. It's it's so transparent now because both of those things have just vanished.
1: Well, also I think the lid gets put on it because the belief that any of those things were part of anti-Corbynist... Mm, mm. Uh, machinations is dismissed as conspiratorialism, and especially but because it's of its connection with anti-Semitism. True,
0: like literally, re- the Ford report has vindicated that position, even in its yeah, centrist absolutely. waffly way. Like that's the maddest thing about it: is this stuff that we've known is true for years. The Ford report was delayed and delayed and delayed, and obviously, to be honest, I think still aspects of that are fucking wet. Even the EHRC report, the EHRC is corrupt as fuck because it's just a Blairite quango that's been ho- further hollowed out by the Tories. Even that was like, you know, one of the big problems was that the Chakrabarti report wasn't implemented fast enough. Mm-hmm. The denial of what's actually happened, but it will be spoken of as if it's conspiracy theory. You know, we started off by saying like, if this happened to you as an individual, and I don't like, you know, people using mental health language in politics kind of freaks me out when people start talking about like, using terms like gaslighting or trauma for these like, you know, big macro politics things but i personally as an individual feel like that that's what's happened to me
1: almost like we need another word for these things when they happen on a macro level because they do hit different i think something that affects thousands of people is different
0: maybe even worse (laughs) maybe
1: maybe it is worse (laughs) and i feel like it has affected such an incredible sway of the population in a way because we're already like so many things happened and then the pandemic meant you know our minds were taken off that by a global disaster you couldn't yeah. let it you couldn't deal with it and now so much time has passed definitely through talking to various people mm. i feel like all of us have realized that we have undergone a change our emotions our beliefs about the future our mm. uh, just feelings about people my feelings about the country and its inhabitants and what's possible and what's politically possible. But also just my feelings about the average person Mm. have become more negative, (laughs) like a creeping misanthropy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, elaborate. I just
1: am more mistrustful. I'm just more mistrustful of people. Mm. I feel like a betrayal that is, you know, that uses the entire spider web of society and all its systems Mm. Makes me mistrust everything then. Yeah. Feeling that way for a long time yeah. weighs heavily on you enough that you feel changed by it. And maintaining a basic faith in human nature became not just my standard way of seeing the world, but a project I had to actively work on. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like I'm way more motivated now by spite than by hope. I'm
0: full to the brim with their hatred
1: and i don't know what to do with that
0: i love the centrists who are like oh you know corbynism was just it was too it was too radical that was that was the compromise the amount of people you
1: met in the rain canvassing Mm. you know we'd go we go who are you what's your background and stuff and like you know some of them were just like been hardline anarchists for years it's like we're mad that we're out flipping flyer in for corbyn because we want the trains to be cheaper and stuff and for a welfareism. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it was a massive compromise. It was just a shock that even someone like Corbyn could exist with what ultimately was a milk toast jamified version of social <laughs> democracy. But that was nevertheless exciting against the backdrop of Miliband's controls on immigration written onto a chiseled Moses stone into a rock. <laughs> you know, that was the background of what existed and what was possible beforehand. Yeah. All of the people who did all that work like there was such a a massive movement of people were mobilised, that obviously a lot of sectors of politics would rather stay completely disengaged mm. from politics and let it be an exclusive club of decision-makers. Yeah. They were not only, like, betrayed, but nowhere or no-one in politics of any, like, national level had any interest in, like, using that energy, taking it, or there was nowhere for them. They're just gone now.
0: If, if Corbyn couldn't reform the Labour pie as hostile and as fucked as it is, what hope would he have had as leader of the British state?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, you've ended up not being able to fix a mouldy house,
0: so then someone gives you 1,000 acres of <laughs> fetid swamp. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, the absolute hostility, like, obviously, you know, like, like you said, that the centrist and people in the Labour Party that were wreckers should just absolutely never be forgiven, and there's like a special hatred for them. But obviously, also... The entire ruling class, especially sort of after the scare they had in 2017, the Tory party, the media, not to go for um, Alex Jones, but the, the the security state, MI5, and internationally, they didn't want fucking Corbyn. They don't want this guy who's questioned NATO to have access to state secrets. Yeah,
1: they believe within like the... All the military network and international cooperation on military stuff, they think that's gonna end because the Americas would be like, we're not talking to this pacifist about future military operations. Yeah. We don't trust him to like guard our secrets. He wants full disarmament. <laughs> he doesn't want there to be state military secrets. So how can you sit him down and talk about <laughs> where we're going to drop a massive bomb.
0: Yeah, or who, or who we're going to sell massive bombs to so, yeah. they, can, so they can drop it on people. D- and he's going to d- quietly say, I actually don't yeah, agree with that. And, and here's why. And it's like, oh, we're <laughs> never having a meeting with you again. <laughs> so there's all this, you know, just outright media hostility. But one of the most depressing things for me from 2015 to 2019 was the media didn't care and were not interested in the Corbyn project. They didn't care. Mm. They didn't care about any of the thousands of people involved in it. The Labour Party was. In decline. Corbyn reversed the decline of the Labour Party. And, you know, maybe if Corbyn hadn't won, Labour Party might just be completely dead. Mm -hmm. Its membership was tanking. Corbyn brought it to become the biggest political party in Europe Mm -hmm. in terms of membership. And you can see what's happened to the membership and finances now, if you want to see how that's going under Starmer. And there was this, like, massive wave of hope. And there was no interest in going to talk to these... Momentum had 40,000 people. Like in 2017, while McNichol and these other to use the 2017 term slugs were just wrecking and you know directing money to their mates, momentum effectively became the you know the campaigning arm of the party and was but there was no there was no interest in that. It was just mm. you know momentum thugs, loony left, smearing tens of thousands of people as anti Semites. Yeah, um,
1: Nigel Farage on his absolutely tiny party <laughs> got more coverage overall.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're going, like, imagine, you know, all the sort of vox pops you'd get of like unhinged sort of UKIP wankers Mm. Um, or just people edited to look thick in the streets because they've taken one sentence where they say something mad and they just, you know, put, that's the bit they've put on telly. There was absolutely no interest in getting vox pops from.
1: Just the massive amount of people you could find in anywhere people lived in the country that had been mobilised in some way. If you did a Vox Pop with them, they're not edited downable into something that makes them seem like they're an idiot for the most part. Because they even care. even when they like might misarticulate it, a, a policy like I want the trains to be cheaper or I want mm. fewer children to live in poverty, very hard to be like,
0: ha <laughs> <laughs> ha But there's just no <laughs> there's no curiosity to it. Yeah, I guess um, that curiosity about UKIP or Brexit Party people or reactionary people that's just all those ideologies that were just absorbed into Johnson's Tory party. The curiosity in that was, was kind of threaded through with this like disdain for like mm. um, the northern working class people and look how thick and reactionary they are. Whereas having working class people talking about stuff that isn't just bashing immigrants, I guess, wouldn't mm. fit the centrist liberal narrative on you know, who thinks what and why. They, they didn't care. That absence of curiosity really fucking depressed me.
1: In addition to being a lack of curiosity, it felt almost like a delusion. Like when Starmer inherited the party, it seemed very obvious that all of those people who had joined it for socialism (laughs) would dwindle in their interests when socialism wasn't on offer anymore. Yes, when he revealed
0: that he had done lies to get their
1: votes. And and there seems to have been no plan Hmm. From Starmer, and also a genuine sense of surprise that the Labour Party is suddenly declining, given that Starmer was supposed to be 20 points ahead. There's been a genuine, what well, I feel it was a genuine <laughs> sense of surprise. There was a whole worldview yeah. that Corbyn was the new Trump uh-huh. and that Starmer would come and bring order. And now, suddenly, the Labour Party, which was supposed to now be restored to its rightful place, is hemorrhaging money. Ah, but that is its and rightful followers. place. Its <laughs> followers, its rightful place, or it, its it, uh, 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 yeah, dwindling yeah. irrelevance. They don't want, <laughs> no, no, the,
0: the, the, the big mass party was the aberration that had to be mm. shut down when you see you know membership numbers declining we're depressed by that but that's great they'll just get the money from the big donors capitals b team that's great that's a success starmer wanted everyone to fuck off and by the way i'm not saying oh actually by leaving the labor party you've you've betrayed the leftist cause now nah, fuck them mm. i'm not trying to say like oh they wanted you to leave great i want to go fuck you
1: yeah, this is the one time that me and the Blairites are in agreement. Yeah, Corbyn, <laughs> like, Corbyn was the compromise.
0: A of I'm not wasting my time for you. You know, they're still pulling out the lines of, oh, you know, you have to do this or there's no, you know, like the, the discipline in the left to be like, you have to mm. vote Labour when, when, whenever there's been elections. And it's like, well, that's not going to work anymore on tens of thousands of people because yeah. you shat your pants every day from 2015 to 2019 on, on yeah. television
1: and that's one of the things about it as much as they were like party staffers and people involved in the bureaucracy you need to root around to find out that story mm. compare that to the people who are named MPs who went on live television with a little chyron at the bottom that says oh. this is my name and they're going the Labour Party sucks don't vote for them <laughs> and it's like well we will remember that because it said who you were and we won't trust you in future yeah and this is incredible. I don't know if it's short-sightedness. So they were in a genuine state of emergency. This has to be stopped at all costs. reputation be damned. But it's not their reputation amongst the voters, is it? It's their, it's their reputation amongst... Uh, their peers. Their peers, and their peers includes media people who still give them interviews. And as long as you appear on interviews, you're still existing, you're still legitimate. The amount of votes you get, well, that's just like a, like the weather. Can't be predicted, can't be
0: manipulated. <laughs> Both because of Corbynism and, you know, the, the referendum result, there was this like upsurge in like, oh, maybe politics is changing. Maybe politics is, is moving away from Westminster. But after 2017, ironically, because Corbyn had reduced the Tories majority and they mm. became more reliant on some of the most reactionary forces within Westminster, politics got loads more like, about Westminster, the opposite thing Corbyn needed, right? And it was the opposite yeah. thing Corbynism needed. Again, you know, like I was saying, everything happened in the or the opposite to the order you'd want it to happen. So like, you've got the lead of the opposition position, and then you're trying to build all these systems of like political, edu- political education, an organisation and build back up the union movement. It's almost like a thing happened where everything got so focused on Westminster and Westminster procedure, politics became even more disconnected from the people. And Corbett started to seem, because he had to get involved in this like Westminster tomfoolery, like he became more and more like a politician and more integrated in the establishment and more and more also became seen as someone who was like blocking, you know, quote unquote, the will of the people. It empowered the PLP. It empowered the PLP. You know, Change UK had more impact because of this like, super focus on Westminster and the super focus on like, the, the minutiae of Brexit and this Brexit deal, mm. which was damaging to the Tory party as well. As this kind of got blocked and blocked and blocked, both parties tanked into the 20%. The Tories only recovered when Johnson replaced May and was like... And basically his whole thing, the way he fixed it, was saying, get Brexit done.
1: Yeah, and that focus on Westminster meant that Corbyn mm. clearly always tried to make this about a movement. There's no such thing as Corbynism, there's just socialism. I want the focus to be on everything outside of me in the leader's office. But if you just hone in on, like, PMQs, mm. then we're right back to thinking about what does this guy say? How does he come across? The, on the doors, it was nothing was about, like any of the policies or promises it was about this guy and like and and also I guess as well as part of the support support ended up rallying about this guy Mm -hmm. to to combat that which effectively gets everyone looking in the wrong direction and then on the on the doorstep which is where everyone's decisions are being made you know all the people that can still be influenced it's all going about how do you feel about this one old guy and like I don't care about, this. Don't no, care about no. this old guy. But
0: everyone got trapped, didn't they? Like say, even the left of like, the left got trapped in like defensiveness of Corbyn because when Corbyn mm. gets attacked, it isn't that like, you know, to some like people worshiping Corbyn or some like deity figure. The point is, is like Corbyn was a mainstream voice of socialist anti-imperialism and it's being monstered to delegitimize socialism and anti-imperialism. And if they delegitimize an, an attack on Corbyn, is an attack on others who could who would potentially advocate those things. They want those ideas out of politics. So people are defensive of Corbyn even now. People are because it's not just an attack on him as an individual. It's it's an attempt to delegitimize and say like mm. these are the these are the parameters of acceptable politics, and this man and his ideas are outside of it. As soon as the left had control of the party bureaucracy to any extent, which is probably about 2017, they should have been an organised push for compulsory reselection of every MP but they didn't do it partly because of like strategic failures and partly because of compromise because they were like well if we just compromise now you know like just give a little bit and then we we just need to last till the next election and then then we can sort it out after that incorrect
1: and that mentality you have to adopt especially towards the latter half of 2019 of this becomes your project you know it's do or die. Mm. And so you have to kind of attach your ego to it and you have to believe it can win. I mean, the last episode was about the fringe. You win at yeah, the fringe and you have yeah. a show. Yeah. You you have to stop being objective about it. You have mm. to believe utterly in the show. Mm. You cannot accept or really process criticism of the show because it can't be changed now. It's it's live, it's running. You have to attach your ego to it and bear it out. And if the run fails, you're destroyed. That on such a big scale, like so many people out in the country, yeah. and you're seeing so much negative response. That's horrible. You're seeing man. this is not going well. This is this is so much worse than I was expecting. But you have to maintain a certain belief because if you let it get to you, you cannot perform your function as a canvasser. And that meant that just getting back on that last day and seeing the exit polls, it was like your soul
0: falling out of your mouth. Mm, mm. Like we say, you know, the tornado and the nice thing. And you want the you really want the nice thing. You really want to avoid the tornado of, like, the, you know, this horrible, you know, the most reactionary Tory government you can get. But also, you know, like we said, it wasn't utopia, but you almost convinced yourself it was mm. to, to in order to, like, you know, you've got marketing brain, haven't you, really?
1: I definitely convinced myself Corbinism was it, mm-hmm. you know. This was it, the be-all and end-all. And the moment, like, you're forcibly snapped out, you realise, no, this was mild step <laughs> this is quite mm. a mild step towards my ideal society
0: tens of thousands of people went campaigning and knocking on the doors in the pissing rain whilst being smeared and villainized by sometimes the mps who were trying to get elected it felt dreadful i mean i dre- I've, I've, I've never gone back to it i, I maybe never will you know the, the episode of mando's we recorded mm. i was destroyed but i said i just don't feel like i fully processed it but we're still being told that we're like wrong and mad and evil or to blame for all the fucked stuff the tories are doing now
1: yeah not just that the labor party is to blame but the the young people who supported the labor party is directly responsible Mm. for the policies that the conservative party is bringing out
0: right now or that you know the hundred and i don't know how many people it is now hundred seventy thousand people dead from covid the billions Mm. and billions of pounds of dodgy corrupt covid money flying all over the place from the Tory government, the policing bill <laughs> effectively banning protest. That's, our, that's all our fault, Sean. Mm. That doesn't feel good, does it? No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to go with emphatic, does not feel
1: good. I think there's a lot of emotions that are still swirling around. Some um, triangle of hopelessness, confusion and anger.
0: <laughs> it was a hopeful time the establishment went so hard on corbyn especially after 2017 because they were fucking rattled Mm. like after 2017 which wasn't that's been retconned to be some sort of easy mode election but may was sort of seen as having a guaranteed win when that election was called and that was like the election was called
1: early because she she thought consolidate she thought i'll come back with more seats and this is gonna make the whole brexit thing easier
0: but that's been retconned to be some sort of easy mode election but it absolutely was not especially with the like internal fucking wrecking that thing of like oh right there's a party based around socialist principles that's got half a million members and it's the biggest party in europe and they've they've fucking stopped it they stopped it they stopped us the british establishment effectively the establishment inside the labor party the tories the media um, including ostensibly uh, liberal centrist media absolutely just never forgive them that, and remember, they are your enemy. And there's just a massive amount of people in the country who
1: absolutely just hate these institutions and want them all to fail. <laughs> just literally want yeah. them all to fail. OK, yeah. there's, if it got to the point where there was just no newspapers left and there was no television, mm. great, great. <laughs> I, I'm, the amount of people who would cut off their nose to spite their face now just to see that those people fail, mm. I would happily just see Parliament fail. All the media fail. Everything just fail, one by one. Some of the core tenets of governance of the country just stop working and
0: just... Well, why protect them? Like, this is the thing of, like, one of the big things of Corbynism was, um, as much you know, it's got social standards, but it was was standing up for, like, the liberal institutions of Britain in a way that a lot of other things were not. Mm. And uh, they're more in danger now. Cheers. In the long term... Having a whole generation of
1: people absolutely hate your guts. Mm. What happens then to like if you're a newspaper and you just rely on people to give a shit and have short memories? Some people just hate this
0: thing now. It's like a it's fucking truly disease. Remembering yeah. more than a week ago in British politics should be good. You know that that should be something that's like at least a basic requirement for journalists. But it's regarded as being mad or cyberbullying mm. if you point something out. Do you remember this? Yeah, this is this is you need to be shut down, vile
1: trolls. Yeah, sorry. My own memories are are my choice to remember what I've said in the past. Yeah, how that how my past actions relate to what I'm currently claiming to believe is my exclusive right to not think about. If there was ever like a big war against Britain, it was already my long-standing belief that I wouldn't fight on behalf of Britain as as a pacifist. Yeah, but now I defect. (laughs) <laughs> Put an asset. Uh, anyone. <laughs> Even if it was like a micro nation. <laughs> They're never gonna win. I'll die with you, comrades.
0: <laughs> the Swiss have declared war. Sean Morley yeah. has
1: defected. Sorry, I'm a Swiss national. <laughs> Where's my pen knife? Yeah, see you later. Got a cheese with holes in it. Running across the trenches with a cuckoo clock. <laughs> <laughs> This is for Diane Abbott. Yeah. <laughs> Leave her alone! Let her have a mojito!
0: <laughs> Mandatory Redistribution Party was created and produced by Sean Morley and Jack Lewis Evans. Our title theme was created by Ella with additional music in this episode from Sean. Special thanks to you for listening to Mandos and supporting us by sharing this episode on social media, leaving us a five-star review on your chosen podcast application, or by supporting us at patreon.com slash redistribution party, where you can find additional content. We're gonna do a live show at the World Transformed in Liverpool on the 24th of September, and it would be cool to see you there if you are about. But I'd like to dedicate this episode to everyone who worked their arse off, not just to try to get a Labour government from 2015 to 2019, but who tried to build socialism in their communities and across the country. Thank you for what you did in those years. Genuinely, thank you.